Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. So this is Dr. Greg Goodman on the Modern MD, episode 45. Super excited. I've got Dr. Ramesh Subramani, who's the chief medical officer at Analyte Health, a digital diagnostics triage company with a doctor-guided digital system that allows patients to get convenient, faster, and cost-effective care. Dr. Subramani is the author of Health on Demand, an Amazon bestseller. Previously, Ramesh served as Vice President of New Leaf Venture Partners, Strategy Consultant at McKinsey and Company, and Assistant Professor and Director of Global Health Emergency Medicine at Northwestern University. Ramesh, welcome to the Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Greg, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be on the show. I love this topic and I'm excited to share more about my work and uh, what I think the future of healthcare holds for all of us. Love it. I'm so excited. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about you personally and your entrepreneurial journey? So I have a bit of a geeky side to me. So I, you know, starting way back, I programmed Atari computer games and was a one to build robots and bionics. I guess now it's everybody's doing it, but back in the day, I was a, maybe a little bit ahead of the game. So had started out really tinkering with things, but really had a sense of where technology fit into healthcare. And so I grew up in a healthcare setting. My mom worked at a hospital. So would see that and then, you know, had a natural interest in technology, went to engineering school and really thought I was going to get into prosthetics and robotics and orthopedics. In med school, you know, this was in the 90s and, you know, President Bill Clinton came into office and we started to articulate a different sense of what it meant to be a physician. And I sort of changed my own personal view of what it really meant, sort of thinking of myself as a you know, one-to-one patient-to-doctor type of perspective that you know, really thought more about the public health system and how you know, systems and technologies and processes could evolve and change and, and adapt to the needs of a, a nation and, and, an, and an economy. So that was sort of a big, big aha moment, so then. Uh, in med school, really kind of shifted my course, if you will, to now thinking more about technology and its role in entrepreneurial activities. And maybe the simplest way to say, say it is, you know, really, how could you know, technology help to hack healthcare and you know, to help create a, a newer version of healthcare system? And in med school, I decided to get a, an MBA and a master's in public health, with a thesis being that as just being a physician for the types of things that I wanted to do wasn't going to be enough. And I needed to have the ability to think about you know, systems and the public health system, the whole broader ecosystem in healthcare from manufacturing of pharmaceuticals to delivering of healthcare to diagnostics. You just don't get that in med school or working at a hospital. And, and I, you know, early in my career, I sort of made a bet that you know, there's going to be an opportunity for physician leaders to show up that have a different different set of skills. And so I think that fast forwarding a little bit more. So went on to residency and, and took a traditional route um, where I was an assistant professor and set up uh, an international health program. And um, again, 
started to apply some of these technologies. And at that time, it was things like Skyping, which was a big thing, you know, where you can train healthcare workers in resource-constrained areas through telemedicine, for example. So how do you take what we've learned in America as a, and the best practices here and disseminate that to the rest of the world? So really was focused on that intersection of, of medicine and technology. It kind of took one more turn to mid-career and said that, you know, really where the sweet spot needs to happen is between medicine, business, and technology. And so took a left turn, left medicine full-time, and joined a, a consulting firm in, in New York called McKinsey and & Company. And, and that was an entree into working for the biggest pharmaceutical companies, the medical, biggest medical device companies, health insurers. And so at that level, I understood everything around the doctor and how in the healthcare system. And so that was a fantastic vantage point opportunity to learn and understand the context of how to, what creates our healthcare system in, in America. And uh, to finish it out, uh, subsequently from McKinsey joined a venture capital firm where I learned and was involved with creating future companies. Most of them in the high tech areas did investments in diagnostics and devices and healthcare IT, and which led me to my current company, which is called Analyte Health. And we're rediscovering the way that you can actually get diagnosed and tested, not through the typical model of going to a physician, but you know, how do you actually get you know, test 80 million baby boomers for hep C or get people tracked you know, with their hemoglobin 1ACs and create a whole public health surveillance system to track uh, all the people who are pre-diabetic. And so thinking about diagnostics at scale through a telemedicine platform. And so Analyte Health is the, the largest currently the largest digital diagnostics company in the country. And you know, that's been the story to date. Absolutely love the journey. I think you've done an incredible job of hacking medicine and really seeing uh, from an early stage, you know, the, uh, the big system level and the impact of all the other pieces in the ecosystem uh, to really drive your career. Absolutely incredible. So we love to start the show off with the success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you, Ramesh, that uh, you kind of live by? So the quote, and I don't know where this came from, and I guess maybe I could attribute it to myself, but the quote that I seem to go back to the most is, you know, don't just go through any open door, walk, open the doors you want to walk through. This idea that, you know, we sometimes just take a path that's right in front of us and maybe not examining that there may be another door that needs to be opened. And so that's sort of the quote that seems to have, to, uh, have stuck with me over the last you know, a decade or so. Love the quote for all those physician entrepreneurs listening. It's all about, you know, looking at the other doors, sometimes the invisible doors, definitely, you know, all about not taking the standard pass. Huge supporter. Love the quote. So I know you, you kind of mentioned and touched on a lot of the white coat to business suit. I just wanted to briefly touch on kind of your mindset as you transitioned. I know it sounds like you were at McKinsey and then the uh, venture firm and left clinical medicine. I know that's a hard transition for a lot of physicians. What was kind of your mindset? You know, what kind of helped to make that decision in terms of, you know, moving out of clinical medicine and kind of into some of the roles you're in today? Yeah, no, I think it is. It's a tough one. Because I didn't and I don't take, you know, the sort of honor practice of taking care of patients lightly. And, and I would have to just caveat everything I'm saying is that I didn't necessarily leave full-time medicine because I didn't like patients or I didn't like the practice of medicine or I didn't think it was anything but really, you know, a fantastic and great profession. But I thought that if I wanted to hit like a single, 
to use a baseball analogy since we're in baseball season now, uh, if I wanted to hit a single or a double, I could probably do that as a physician doing the normal course of doing, you know, publishing papers and working through a healthcare system to create a new service line or something like that. But I think if I wanted to hit like a home run, if I really wanted to make a big change and a, a change that could have, you know, knock on effect, you know, in this country as well as globally, that is really, you know, it needed, you know, to talk about this idea of creative destruction. I almost had to kind of at some point, destroy everything that of who I was and worked, you know, 12 years of med school residency and all of that other stuff that we've all gone through, sort of say, look, you know, I, and so when I went to join McKinsey, I was the bottom guy in the totem pole. I worked, you know, 80 hours a week doing things that most doctors would completely abhor in terms of you know, the type of activity of work because you're just a low man. And uh, most of the people that were, you know, most of my bosses at McKinsey were, you know, five years younger than me. So just, you know, it's a big step from teaching residents and students and giving grand round lectures to doing a lot of very, you know, sort of low-level tasks initially. But, you know, I think, it, you know, it uh, was an important, in some ways you need to have a little bit of humbleness to be able to say, like, you know, I need to just go through this process because it'll give me a whole new vantage point and perspective around which I could then, you know, really cast out and architect, you know, the next part of my life journey. And so it was, yes, it wasn't easy. And it's a little bit scary. You know, I took a pay cut, took a light, you know, like, as I mentioned, it's a totally different lifestyle. And it's in some ways, you have to be able to be the, the bottom person on the totem pole again. So it's not for everybody. I think that's uh, some really valuable advice. I know a lot of physicians, like you say, are used to you build your whole career. You're the attending, you're the top dog. Um, it's hard to go back down uh, such valuable insights in terms of that path. So let's get into the idea to venture section. Uh, we'll first talk about Analyte Health. I would love to know a little bit more about the big mission and vision behind the company. I think you guys are doing an incredible amount of uh, interesting work in the digital diagnostic space and would love to know more. Yeah, so Analyte Health is it's a 100-person startup. We're located in Chicago, Illinois, West Loop, and the company's been around for about five years, and I serve as the chief medical officer for the company. The company in its genesis is really about how do you break down the barriers to get the guy on the couch who's sitting there, kind of, you know, the classical thing or the images, some guys you know, sitting there eating chips and watching uh, a TV, and how do you get that type of person to engage in healthcare. And it sounds a little bit, you know, sort of a trivial question, but it's really probably the most important question our healthcare system can ask is because the people that are, you know, motivated and are in their doctor's offices and getting their blood pressures checked and getting their uh, biometrics checked and et cetera, are the ones who are likely going to not go on to be the super diabetic, hypertensive patients. It's, the, it's a group of people that really find healthcare to be a hassle, don't have a primary care doctor, and, you know, want a point-and-click sort of solution to, to accessing healthcare. And so the genesis of, it, of, of Analyte was like, you know, like, there's a whole lot of people uh, who just don't like to access healthcare the way it's currently being accessed. And then there's now sort of the innovation in diagnostics, which make the diagnostic probably the most valuable piece of, of a healthcare event. So if you think about healthcare events as sort of these little transactions, like do I have hepatitis C or do I have high cholesterol? And, you know, as a physician, I couldn't look at you and tell you if 
you have high cholesterol or low cholesterol, or if you had HIV or hepatitis C. And so there's a, a number of conditions where the, the value of the diagnostics and the diagnostics typically are, are kind of these binary yes-no tests. And so they're very easy to communicate in, in the performance of the test, meaning if you know these tests really are like you know, not over 90% accurate. So uh, there's no real guesswork. So if you tell somebody that they don't have HIV, 90% of the time they, they don't. And so uh, I think the so the innovation in diagnostic and then this sort of digital platform is uh, it was the, the big idea. The big idea is that, you know, we need to get, you know, 80 million baby boomers tested for hep C and we need to get, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people tested for STDs. And they're currently, you know, we're still seeing you know, dramatic increases in gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis in our country, even though we're, you know, smarter country, if you will. So you can say that today, people know about this stuff, but, you know, rates of uh, disease seem to continue to rise. And, and uh, that's also, you know, true with the number of patients who are pre-diabetic. So I think there are a bunch of important conditions that Amylite Health wants to tackle, but it's really with the framework of saying, look, we're going to make it so easy for patients to get uh, access to care that that guy on the couch is going to get off and, you know, and get tested. So one question, I know you have an example on the site of somebody that's worried about an STD, they get a little information. How do I get the diagnostic? Is it, you know, you guys send the lab work out and then the information comes back? How does that piece work? Yeah. So, you know, we have a, you know, sort of an all of the above strategy. So the majority of people will go to, you know, a place like Quest or LabCorp or a hospital lab. So we built a, you know, a lab system, IT system that's able to communicate and connect with, you know, just about any lab in the country. And, or, you know, we also have the ability to potentially, you know, come to your door and have, you know, sort of in a mobile fashion provide services as well. So we think that there's an opportunity to really redesign the way that people get tested, uh, both, you know, from like where it happens and, and how it happens. Love it. So I want to shift into Health on Demand, your new Amazon bestseller. Congratulations. I know you just launched, you know, really exciting. You're providing some insider tips on prevention and optimizing your care in kind of a digital age. Can you talk a little bit about the book, you know, what you're most excited about? Yeah, I know. It's a real, as you can tell, I'm super interested in, in technology and really how to get help, you know, patients and people, you know, get involved. And so, you know, what I what I realized with writing the book and, you know, over the last couple of years is that the gap between like my physician friends, there's like this huge digital gap between what, you know, physicians and what are sort of doing day to day and what patients want. And and it's sort of simple things like some patients want to book appointments online. Some patients want to be able to text their doctor, which are pretty simple innovations, but there's some more complex things like some patients want their doctors to help them lower their healthcare bills. Like, you know, where is the cheaper CT scan? Where is the cheaper MRI doctor? Can you help me out with that? And, you know, most doctors, unfortunately, that I know kind of just, you know, shrug their shoulders because they're not really you know, aware of some of these digital tools. And so there's, you know, more complicated things where I think that, you know, that patients want to get more information. I think the other part of the divide is that you know, patients want to not only just engage with the doctor once or twice a year for, you know, 10 minutes at a time or 15 minutes at a time. Some patients want to have monthly engagement. They want to have weekly engagement. Some patients want to, you know, some patients want to have daily engagement. So there are all of these different or hourly engagements. There's all of these, you know, different 
patients out there. And so I think it's this idea of both the content and structure and process of how patients and physicians uh, want to engage and need to engage. And so I just saw like, so look, you know, a lot of patients had questions about all of the things I just mentioned. A lot of doctors had questions about this. So the genesis of the book was really about these patients, you know, coming into an ER and asking me these questions about, you know, asking me if I could find a doctor that took their health insurance. Little simple things like that. And as a ER physician, it's a huge issue for patients. And as an ER doc, I have absolutely no answer for that most of the time. Now that you know I've done the research, I kind of have a little bit of a better sense. And so every patient that I see, I give them the, a few websites for both you know education, finding lower cost drugs, finding a specialist. And so they walk away from me with their diagnosis and a prescription, et cetera. But I also try to you know, really help them with this sort of digital prescription around, you know, how they can become smarter and sort of better co-pilot in their own care and how they can navigate our healthcare system. And so, yeah, Health on Demand took four years. You know, I reviewed about 250 companies, talked to, you know, 30% of the CEOs in this sort of field of what's now being called digital health, which is a combination of healthcare IT, diagnostic and new wearable devices kind of rolled up into this umbrella of, of digital health. And so wanted to really help clarify this landscape of digital health, both for patients and for providers. And so, and the review has been great. I mean, I kind of wrote this book for my, you know, that my grandmother could read. And so it's, and, you know, I've gotten a lot of great reviews from patients, but, you know, you know, 90% of my physician colleague friends, you know, are like, well, I had no idea about any of this. And so I think it's written for, for patients, but I think it's, it's helpful for, you know, all care providers. Amazing. We'll definitely include the link. One thing that I had a question on was how do we as physicians become more digitally savvy, you know, prescribing apps? I think it's probably going to have to do with, you know, our education system, all the new models of payment. Uh, There's a lot of changes going on. What are some of the suggestions that you have for a doctor that's looking to become a little bit more digitally savvy? I know you mentioned a few links. Maybe we'll include those also in the post. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think there's three there's three sort of big things I think that a physician can do. One is, you know, within your practice, if you're a rheumatologist, if you go to iTunes, there's and they don't make it easy, but you could probably find twenty five different rheumatology apps. If you're an orthopedic doctor, there's probably fifty. And some of them are for providers and some of them are for patients. But you know, reviewing some of those or and there's some websites that I can um Send you, send you that kind of do a good job of reviewing these apps. And one of them is, you know, imedicalapps.com. There's also a company called medpages.com. And, and so there's, and, and Moby Health News, those are probably the big three that I use. There are a whole bunch of technologies that you can kind of test out, try out, experiment with, get used to and see if they have application for your practice or for your, or your patient group. And then second sort of thing is just about how to redesign the way you take care of patients. And, and this is where... There's a lot of startups who are helping doctors create their own mobile app, who will help them build a, a practice that's digitally enabled so you can, you know, making it easy for a doctor to send uh, information to a patient, like a video link or text messages and, and chatting and coaching. And so the vision, you know, part of what I believe to make all of this work is you need to make patients happy and doctors productive. I mean, you want to make these tools engaging enough so that doctors can actually have more time to get back to their their normal lives. And so I think there are companies out there that are helping physicians just 
sort of do that. And, you know, the third thing is, you know, just this idea that the evolution of our healthcare system is is, is moving so quickly and you know, whether it's in a movement to value-based healthcare models or this integrated health system. So there's a whole bunch of things coming through the pipeline. And I think to be successful as a physician, like if you want to be cutting edge and leading edge, you need to become, you know, digitally savvy. And for that, I would, you know, really suggest reading my book and it'll give you a really good primer on how to get your your patients and your practice into this digital world. Absolutely love it. We will definitely include a link uh, to Health On Demand, a must read. So let's shift into not our typical hospital rounds, but business rounds. Ramesh, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Yeah, best advice that has really worked for me is the importance to ask for help. I think sometimes what we do as doctors, you know, we, you know, and in today's world, we tend to, we're really smart people. We have access to information. But I think what's you know, really helpful or the thing that I think has helped me the most is to go to somebody who's maybe five or 10 years ahead of you in a career and just ask them, hey, what would you do if you could do it all over again? What are the, you know, what would you do if that's good? And what mistakes would you avoid? And I think that mentoring piece of has maybe been a little bit lost now that we're all everyone works remotely and everything is these little bite sets bite size things it's, it's a little bit harder to get that but I think that's a you know for my career the most important thing has been to really reach out and and not be afraid to you know ask people because my experience is that people love to talk about their successes and failures and and really provide a huge amount of insight into what you can do with your life yeah couldn't agree more. I think uh, mentors and, you know, asking for help uh, definitely uh, can drive your career and help you reach kind of those milestones and goals, I think, a lot faster. In the same light, do you have a daily success habit or a morning routine that you think has kind of uh, given you an edge or provided some uh, value in your life? Yeah, I think the habit is a great question. The habit I think that I've learned to do is to cross things out. So meaning take things out of my schedule so that I can focus, you know, rescheduling or pushing things. And so trying to create a sense of focus, I think probably the most important habit I have, which is to make sure my attention is, is on the most important things. And the things that I believe are actually the things I like to do the least, I typically do that the first. And so I kind of work in that manner. Awesome. Awesome habit. Kind of our last question, getting back to healthcare. In terms of healthcare trends, I know you probably share a ton of insights in your book. What would be your three biggest trends that you're most excited about in healthcare? Yeah, no, that's a, a really great question. I think near-term trend, I think, is going to be, this isn't uh, new to most of your, your audience, I'm sure, it's, it's this idea of machine learning and predictive algorithms. This idea that as we're creating so much healthcare data. And now we have the ability to take that data and create correlations with, with outcomes and then use and create machines and tools that can help you know, either predict or uh, help course correct a patient. I think that is going to be the sort of the next big area. So, you know, bigger data sets and more machine learning. And then I think the, the second piece of a lot of this is going to be around, you know, having a real patient-centered or patients starting to become such a greater influence in their healthcare ecosystem than I think that we probably could imagine. And I think whether it's the impacts that happened just through Prescani scores or through just reviews online in Yelp, I think that this notion that 
you know, the patient is now going to be uh, sort of leading a lot of what happens, I think, in healthcare is going to be another sort of interesting and, and you know, paradigm shifting thing that's going to come through the pipeline. So, Dr. Ramesh Subramani, it was an absolute honor and privilege having you on the show. Just want to share a little bit of gratitude, you know, for all your incredible work that you're doing and taking the time to kind of share some of your insights. Uh, super pumped about your new book, Health on Demand. We will definitely link it up and wishing you a tremendous amount of success on your continued entrepreneurial journey. Thanks so much. This was uh, such a pleasure. Love your show and love your to- the topics you're bringing to our uh, physician audience. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.